So what are you drinking today? Um, I took a couple shots when I walked in the door. I was like, get out of my way. I got to have a <laughs> shot, and which sounds probably really good parenting. And uh, <laughs> Friday. I'm pineapple craft cider. Oh, yum. I love pineapple. I'm oh, also yeah. not drinking my traditional drink. Although I guess the last couple episodes, it's been rum chata. So that's kind of definitely not wine, but I'm drinking a Belching Beaver, which is a local brewery from Oceanside, California. And it's the Deftones Phantom Bride. It's really, it's got a really cool label on it. I love the Deftones. It's kind of like the Dia de los Muertos type of artwork on it on the can and it tastes really good too i mean artwork aside but mine is also kind of local sonoma california cider still in our great state west west coast yeah (laughs) i'm representing i love pineapple cider i had it in portland oregon and it was amazing oh you know what if you like pineapple um the pineapple sculpin is really good it's so you know sculpin's my favorite beer oh really Sculpin is my absolute to kill for beer, but it gives me horrible headaches if I have more than two. Oh, well, yeah. Sculpin's two is two's a two good, is pretty good ride. Yeah. I'm hoping so, my door doesn't slam throughout the whole episode. It's really windy and it keeps oh. making the store slam. And I could shut the window, but then I'd have to move. Yeah. My husband's got me really boxed in here because I took over his man cave and I think he's paying me back by boxing right. me in. <laughs> so. Do yeah, you want to hear so a story? I do. So I'm, I'm surprised by this because I don't know what you're going to talk about. So I have to laugh because I'm I'm going with your themes because you started a theme thing and I'm going to try to keep it up and see how long we can do this. Yeah, well, I followed your theme. I won't spoil it for the others, but the only thing I know about this week is the theme. So that's right. I don't know the story. So this comes from my niece, Katie. Even though I planned on doing this anyway, because the first time I heard about it, I was freaking terrified. Like, I think I heard it on And That's Why We Drink podcast, and I went home and read about it at night, and I was terrified. Oh, my God. I'm scared now. I'm glad we're doing this at daylight hours. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it really, like, it was one of those where you snuggle up to your husband, which I don't usually do, but I was like, baby, let's hang out. Let's snuggle. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me be alone. Do you know what I'm doing it on now? No, but I'm going to put that picture on the website because that is a startling image. Isn't it? So I'm doing it on BKEs, which for all you people that know this stuff, that's called Black Eyed Children. Oh, that's a real? Okay, so she just showed me a photo of a, a boy with all black eyes, like demonic almost eyes. So that's not Photoshopped or... Nope. Contact lens. Oh, I'm <gasps> sure it is. It's probably from the Omen or something, probably. But that's the urban legend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first heard about this, it, it terrified me. And I had to research it. And then I started asking around, like, hey, have you heard of these black-eyed children? And people are like, oh, my God, yes. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Likey. So cool. I'm glad you've never heard this. I've heard of the black-eyed peas. And I've heard of <laughs> black-eyed beans and so what's funny is when you do research this it says this has nothing to do with the black eyed peas <laughs> i was like well i kind of thought so i've seen their Argy eyes doesn't have black eyes or or even <laughs> black eyed peas are yeah 
that's the same thing I just said. I'm so adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> so first I want to tell you my sources. <laughs> For some reason, I have this fear of being accused of plagiarizing. So I use right. Rare, Wikipedia, and Thought Catalog. All right. All right. So what are BEKs? Kids with completely blacked out eyes. That's their thing. So this is why they're so creepy. Kids with completely blacked out eyes arrive at someone's house or vehicle. They knock on the door and they insist on being let inside. Anyone who encounters them almost immediately begins to feel overwhelming sense of dread. Um, just, just something feels just totally off and creepy. You know, they get the heebie-jeebies, I guess you could say. Now, is that just because you're being approached by an unaccompanied child and the sense of dread about <laughs> now they're your responsibility to do something? You know what? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it would be in some cases for me anyway. Um, besides blacked out eyes, these children usually are between the ages of 6 and 16, and they typically appear normal, except for the whole blacked out eyes. Hmm. Sometimes their clothing is outdated. Their skin appears ashen. They also tend to ask for outdated technology, like a, tel- a telegraph. Whoa. Um, in extremely unusual instances, people have reported talon-like feet. Hmm. But overall, they look just like normal kids in a way, which is the scariest thing about them. So I'm going to tell you where this all started. So it's really not that old. It started in 1996, was the first sighting, I guess you'd say. Hmm. So this was by Brian Bethel. He was a journalist from Albine, sorry, Texas. Don't write to me, Texas. Abilene. (laughs) I don't know why that was so hard. I've just started drinking. Um, (laughs) In Bethel's report, he describes a late evening out in his vehicle. He had stopped at a parking lot near a movie theater to write a check. That shows you it was 1996. He's writing a check. (laughs) Mm -hmm. he was so absorbed in this, he didn't notice two young boys approach his car. He didn't notice until the older boy tapped on the driver's side window. Bethel rolled down his window and noted immediately a soul-wracking fear that he just he couldn't understand. Like, it's just two kids. So the older boy said that he and his brother wanted to catch a movie but had forgotten their money at home. Could Bethel give them a ride? They assured him that it wouldn't take long. They were just two kids and they didn't have a gun. Which, oh, wow. you know. That's you don't need to preempt do. that. When they approach me, hey man, I don't have a gun. That makes me cool. feel really good right off the bat. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. They said, "Come on, Mister, let us in. We can't come in until you say it's okay." Bethel found himself unlocking the door without realizing it, as if the child was making him do it. That's when he looked at the kids with a new perspective and fear, and he found just their assurances unnerving, and noted that the last showing of the film they wanted to see had already started. It would probably nearly be over by the time he could drive them anywhere and get them back. So that's when he looked at the kids with a new perspective. And he noticed something terrifying. It wasn't until he broke eye contact that their eyes became completely blacked out. The older boy began to get frustrated when Bethel wouldn't let him in his car. And he's like, why aren't you giving me a ride? What's the deal? Let me in. Let me in the car. Tell me I can come in. Dang. And it was like they couldn't get in the car unless he gave them permission. Um, After that, Bethel tore out of the parking lot. And to this day, he stands by his story. So I guess he, like, actually went and talked about this. And he swears by it. He doesn't seem to be a whack job or maybe just trying to make a name for himself. 
Could you imagine if you were those kids and you legit had like you needed to get home to get your money and you were just frustrated because like your movie already started and you're like, dude, I need I need to get home real quick. Just forgot my money. Okay, so that's I'm going to read you just a couple stories before we try to figure this thing out because there's a lot. Oh, so that incident took place about 13 years ago. I'm going to read it like they wrote it. So when I say I, it didn't happen to me because I'd be dead from being terrified. Have a heart attack. Yeah, absolutely. I had just moved to a new city with my wife. We were small town newlyweds from the Midwest. We moved cross country to one of the biggest cities in the Southwest so I could attend graduate school. Being naive and new to city living, I habitually answered the door without a second thought. Never Mm -hmm. again after this. The first thing that should have tipped me off of the situation was the fact that someone was knocking at my door at 6 a.m. The second thing that should have dawned on me is this kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch it and open it. So the knock at the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work. Pretty normal routine. The moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with this sense of fear. To this day, I can picture him. Teenager, average height, average build, knee-length black leather coat, short black hair, and sunglasses. Sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as kind of odd, but even more odd is he was eating an apple. He was very polite and asked if he could come in and warm up. And I said no, and I closed the door, and I slid the security chain into place. Totally get that. Mm -hmm. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now-chained door, and before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in and warm up. No, you cannot come in and warm up. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? What? (laughs) Ew. Fuck that, I reply, albeit a little confused. Get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police. He takes a moment to let this information sink in. Um, He lowers his glasses, revealing eyes as black as obsidian, and says, no, you won't be calling anybody. (sighs) This little kid, I'd be like, okay, emo guy. Yeah. Now we're going to get serious. Like, (sighs) Get the fuck off my porch. (laughs) Yeah. That would be like, seriously, dude, it's way too freaking early for this shit. Yeah. Um. At that moment, I force the door closed. I lock it and I call out to my wife. She is scared shitless hiding in the bedroom, which I would yeah. be as well. Yeah. Totally get that. All jacked up on adrenaline, I rip the curtains back to look out the window next to the door, and he's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out on the patio. I check the gate. It's still latched from the inside. That was fucked up, I think to myself. As I turn to enter the house, I notice a half-eaten apple lying on the ground. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. There's so much to unpack there, but ketchup and apples. Right. That seems to be the thing with the stories is it's always stuff that doesn't make sense to normal people. It's like if someone was trying to be act normal, but they weren't from here. Oh, I see. So they're like trying to act human. Yes. And they're not like. Exactly. I see. The thing about these, these things is so. No one really has any stories about they've ever let them in. Everybody's stories is they never let them in because they just had this gut feeling like this is a bad, bad thing. So I only found one. There's many, many stories. So people, please go check them out. I tried to keep them kind of shorter. So I do have one about what happened when they opened the door. Okay. Oh, quick, before you you say that, 
I my mind immediately went to there's no stories of people who let them in. Do you think that that's one of those things where like it's the spontaneous combustion or one of those weird deaths that like maybe what if it was these children? Those are the only ones that got let in and they died or they wiped their memory or something. Oh, yeah. Because in all of them, they like um one they were thinking, well, why don't you have a cell phone? Like this is a day and age where every kid has a cell phone and they're like knocking on their door asking for a phone. Yeah. And that, that is kind of weird. So this is a story of when they actually let them in and what happened. If you Hmm. believe. All right. So once again, I'm telling this from first person perspective, it did not happen to me in the snowy town within the middle of nowhere of Vermont, an elderly couple. Oh, maybe it's not first person. I lied. (laughs) An elderly couple is awoken to the sound of three loud knocks on their door. They get up, open the door, and are greeted by two children, a boy and a girl. Our parents will be here soon. May we come in? The children didn't make any eye contact and just stood there in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while, they let the boy and girl inside. Thinking, you know, what if these were my grandchildren and they needed help? Mm -hmm. But, like, why would their mother be picking them up there? I don't know. I don't know. The kids were seated at the couch while the wife made some hot cocoa and the husband asked them questions that went unanswered. The wife returned and noticed that her cat was scared and angry at the children. It was hiding under the couch and growling and putting up his cat fur. Hmm. And they said, may we please use the restroom? The wife looked at the kids and she finally saw them. The children's eyes were black as a starless night. She directed them to the bathroom and returned to her husband who was covering his face in his hand. Did you see those eyes? The husband then removed his hand and she saw he had had a nosebleed. It's funny because it mm. says noisebleed. I'm pretty sure it meant nosebleed. <laughs> this time, so his nose is bleeding. And all of a sudden, the power had gone out and the house was as dark as the kid's eyes. The wife headed Whoa. to the restroom, but was intercepted by a voice of the kids at the end of the hall. Are our parents here yet? The kids then exited the house, leaving the door wide open. The wife then noticed that there were two men at the end of the driveway. The men were very tall and slender. Hmm, slender man. The yeah. wife waved, but didn't receive any friendly gesture back. The two men and children then drove away together in one car. The power then came back on a little later, after the kids left. Throughout the next week, weird things happened in the house. Three or four of their cats went missing, and the fourth had been found dead in a pool of its own blood. Whoa. The the husband continued to have says nosebleeds again. This is not me. Nosebleeds <laughs> and finally went to the doctor where he was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of skin cancer and wow. passed away shortly after. Damn. So a couple things. I have a ring doorbell and I don't answer the door for anyone unless it's the Amazon guy. Mm-hmm. Or if I know people are coming. So if I saw two kids standing out there and they weren't holding candy or Girl Scout cookies, I wouldn't even answer the door. Now I will never answer the door for two children. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I would have a really hard time not, like, just for my, you know, that, like, instinct of wanting to help children, you know? Like, if you have a, if there's a kid outside your door and they're like, I need help. For my mom, I need help, whatever. Like, it would be really hard for me not to be like, okay. I'd be like, here, I'm going to, I'm going to throw my phone out. You call your mom, then throw your phone, throw my so phone So people back. have tried that. Like some of the stories, they all say that they speak very monotone and almost like old time English, mm. you know? Yeah. Hence looking for a telegraph. Yeah. Well, I'm totally picturing like 
page boy type, like the vest and the I'm the little cap. Wednesday Adams. Oh yeah. For some reason. Yeah. So here are some okay. theories about what they are. Conspiracy theorists believe that the black-eyed children are aliens who are trying to call home. Or maybe vampires, and that's why they need you to invite them in. Is that a thing with vampires? They ha- you, oh. you have to invite them in? Oh, yes. They can't come into your home unless you invite them. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So t- never invite anyone in your house. Demonologists believe that they are children of the devil himself. And if you let them inside, you're allowing the devil to enter your life. Hmm. That's not good. But you think, like, why does the devil think we have telegraphs? Like, that's true. To me, it seems more time travel-y. Is the there... devil is the devil um like omnipresent like God like would would the devil have knowledge of te- I mean people go to hell every day right I guess if you if you yeah. subscribe to the the That's God true. devil people are going down there every day so they should be on the up and up of the latest technology but that's I don't what know. that's what makes me think more time travel yeah but. There's not really any stories that anyone let them in. Like, this is the only one I could find. And then he dies. Yeah. And the cats dialing horribly are really pretty weird. Yeah, I don't like that at all. No. So here's the theory that made the most sense to me, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but some believe they are called Octons, O-T-K-O-N-S. Um, the Iroquois mm. Indians believed in a dark power called the Octon, Octcon. That would take over children and an evil one who would mate with evil females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were oh. killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Whoa, that's <laughs> that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by oct octcon. Those two letters should not be next to each other. No. <laughs> And would remerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all of the people. Whoa. So there's a little folklore, which let's say they are from then. At least that would explain the telegraph kind of thing. Yeah. Well, mm, I wonder what the reemergence was. You know, if that first one you you talked about was in 1996. Yeah, Is that what and you that said? Was the very first case. So it'd be it's interesting that there's like a, a somewhat newer re-emergence of this tale. That then if, you know, Native Americans believed this 100 years ago, like why would it randomly it, show up? It makes up? sense because it describes them. But, I mean, there's all these stories about people in cars that get approached by them. And yeah. it's usually the houses. And I was like, it'd be kind of weird, too, for a child just to come up to my house and be like, hey, I need to call someone. Because, like, yeah. why would you pick my house? There's a thousand houses around me. Why would you come here? I'm not at the end of the street. I'm at the beginning of the street. Yeah. Well, I. it would be a little bit different for me, I think, because I live so close to an elementary school that it would be very possible if it was, you know, after school or something, if a parent, you know, was running late or didn't know what to do because their parent wasn't there to pick them up. And they know my kid or something like they could knock You're on my so door. You're going to get visited by them and let them in. I am. <laughs> you still I feel get, bad for them, even though you know they're evil. I, know. I get random kids knocking on my door 
at least, you know, before this coronavirus stuck us inside. But when the kids were going to school, they would come and knock on the door and ask, you know, hey, where's where's your kid or or where's so and so? And I'll say, oh, they didn't come home yet. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. So I definitely would be the one to open the door and be like, yeah, come in and wait. Sure. Like, <laughs> well, if you do see one, could you like try to live through it so we know what really happens? Yeah, I'd probably live through it immediately, but then get cancer and die later. So I could at Let least write a tale. Die. That would piss me off. Don't come in my house and kill my animals. Yeah. Mm, that's just rude. It is rude. But well, a lot and of people it's... say they have pets like dogs go crazy. Like, first they get angry, like, you know, growly. Oh, I don't shit. know if dogs get angry, per se. My dogs get angry at the FedEx guy. Like, my <laughs> dogs, that would be no indication. Oh, really? <laughs> they, they, like, run off, and they're scared to freaking death. Like, they won't come out, and they'll hide for, like, two, three days at a time. Oh. Like, just, it really messes that, with their dog psyche, I guess. That would be unusual for my dogs to behave like that. Yeah, my dogs, that's not much of a cowerer. Cowerer. Is that a word? Cowerer. Cower, cowerer. So, yeah. but for the record, I guess there's a movie out that someone did about this too. So, and I think Why there's a, I'm, I was going to watch it. I meant to, but I forgot until today. So, all right. So I was, you told me that it was going to be child murderers. I did. So you either tried to set me up to not theme it or decided to change your mind. Cause there was no children murder or child I, murder. I feel like they want to murder you. They just do it in a very subtle way. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I could see your confusion a little bit, but it wasn't a so, setup. I just okay. thought something with children. Okay. Well, this is, um, this does have a child, uh, a teenager. So I could, there's so many, it seems to be that most children take out other children and I just couldn't go that dark this week, like mentally speaking. I'm stuck inside. I'm like, there's not a lot to get me out of the funk of like, you know, being trapped inside. So I was like, I just, can't, I'm not in the mental headspace to be like 10 year old killed six year old or whatever. Like I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I'm glad to no, know that, that you, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to know you weren't excited about it. <laughs> I found so many stories. I'm going to start here. Um, so this uh, takes place in 1979, uh, January 29th. And where else but sunny San Diego? Because we have hey. a plethora of murders that go on in the city. Um, that's our thing. Yeah. So in the morning of uh, the 29th, uh, elementary schools were elementary school. <laughs> just restart that whole fucking thing over. <laughs> I think I drank too much while you, your segment was happening. I don't know. I kept getting noise bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid spell check. All right. So here's a. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. Great sound. All right. So um, as elementary students were waiting outside the Cleveland Elementary School for the principal to open the gates for their school day to begin, shots rang out. Lots of them real fast. So the shots were being fired from across the street and the principal, Burton Rag, uh, started to hustle wait, the wait, wait. kids. His name was Burned Rag? Burton B U R T O N W R A G G. Oh, okay. something like Bert He was Rag. the principal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the principal of the elementary school. He was in his 50s, I don't. So he had been there for quite a while. 
Um, and so he was trying to shield the kids from the shots that were happening before they could really process where they were coming from. And the custodian who uh, some articles say that the custodian and the principal actually didn't get along. But when these shots rang out, the principal was hit and went down. And so the custodian just thought nothing of it and ran out and tried to drag the principal as well as the other kids to safety. Okay. Uh, yeah. And both. So the, the school custodian, his name was Mike Sucher, also in his 50s, but both the principal and the custodian lost their life. But they, they did save the children. Um, eight kids were shot, but no children died that day. Oh, so they good. really... They they did die, but they died as heroes for sure. And it was very interesting to oh, read. They the both face. died. The principal they both died. died. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the custodian. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it was really sad. It was kind of heartwarming to hear that they had kind of a not a beef, but they didn't really get along, and that in the time of the kids' needs, they both, you know, they both stepped up and worked together. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for them but they did save all the children so that was heroic absolutely um, the shooter was 16 year old brenda spencer oh wait is she the monday chick yeah i'll get to it i didn't know that was in san diego yeah so brenda spencer at 16 she had holed herself up in the house with a gun and kept shooting so police were called, obviously, when the first shots rang out. She just continued to fire. She fired over, like, 30 rounds. Um, wow. At children. Yes. All waiting to walk into school. So they were just sitting ducks. Like, oh. they were all gathered out there. At 16. And, wow. And so when and, uh, the, one of the first responding officers showed up there and actually got shot in the neck, he survived. But uh, she, yeah, she was just picking people off. When other officers arrived, they actually were geniuses and they decided to uh, move. They like commandeered a garbage truck that was nearby and parked it in front of her house so that her view was obstructed so that she would stop shooting people. <laughs> pretty smart. That is, that is pretty genius. Wow. She yeah. just had a scope or something, right? I mean, she did. how close was this house? Okay. She did. It was a rifle. Oh, it was oh. literally across the street. Like her house faced the school. Wow. Right there. So it was, I don't know how big a suburban street is, like 30, 40 feet max wow. across the street. While she was in the standoff with the police, she took a phone call from the press. So, oh, well, a, you know. Um, uh, someone working for the press was calling, you know, because that was back in the day with phone books. So they got a phone book out and was calling the all the people on the street, like trying to get a rundown of like what's happening, what's going on. And he accidentally called her and she answered. <laughs> and okay. she said, this is where the Mondays come in. She said, quote, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day, unquote. Wow. I don't know about livening up the day. Oh, my God. Disgusting. But, but she I don't like Monday. God, no shit. You're sick. She later How said be? she didn't really remember saying those words, but she thought the sentiment was like she it would be something she would say. But she doesn't mm-hmm. remember saying those things. 
those things. Well, she was busy. Yeah. She wasn't she wasn't thinking. Um so she finally agreed to surrender because she had barricaded herself in the house after several hours. I think she was taken out of her house at 2.30 p.m. And this happened while the kids were waiting to go into school. So it was like 8 wow. something. Yeah. She left because the negotiator promised her a meal from none other than Burger King. She, That's your request? He, we have in and out Yeah. Why would you request Burger King? I what don't know. Oh, 79. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why, and I don't know if it was like the negotiator was asking for things or or was offering things, like, aren't you hungry? You haven't been in there for a long time, and I'll kind of go into it in a minute, but she was in, like, pretty extreme poverty at the time, so it's possible the, the cop was just like, look, aren't you hungry? We'll get you whatever you want to eat, you know, and then that's why I... It doesn't seem like she was like, I'll go, but on one condition of Burger King. I like want a whopper. Who knows? She was shooting the kids with a 22 caliber rifle. Uh, she had received it for Christmas just the month previous. Her dad gave her um, a 22 rifle with a scope and 500 rounds of ammunition. I just wanted a car. Yeah, well, she thinks her dad... And she said this later. She thinks her dad gave it to her so she would kill herself. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Why yeah. would you need 500 rounds, though? And with a rifle. The logistics right. don't make sense. I don't know. But also, her dad was a was a hunting enthusiast. So Obviously. it also kind of seemed like he... I mean, I'll kind of... Their relationship wasn't the best. And he doesn't seem like he was, you know, the best father. But... It was possible that he thought this would bond them. You know, he liked hunting. She thinks it was so that she would just kill herself because she was depressed. Maybe he thought because she was so depressed, he should have a hobby. They both seem unhinged. So, like, it's possible yeah. that his his justification of giving her the rifle was something completely unmaliced. Like, he really thought, you know, it would I, I have no idea. It's really fucked up. And her dad is no peach. So although she did not appear intoxicated when the police went to her house, they found lots of beer bottles and half empty whiskey bottles all over the floor. And it it later came out that her dad was an alcoholic pretty severely. She later claims that she was drunk and on PCP when she did this, but she was living basically in squalor. Like they... They, her father and her shared a mattress on the floor. Like Ew. that's the furniture that was there. And there was just like beer. And there was no mom. Mom is gone. No, they divorced. Oh. And I don't know. I can imagine why. Was, yeah. I don't know what the situation was. Like I know for me as a, you know, 15 year old, my parents were divorced. And if you asked me who I wanted to live with, it was my dad who uh, there were less rules, plain and simple. So I wanted to live with him because I could do what I wanted. So it's possible that her mom was normal and just perhaps had a rule, like you have to go to school and you have to, you know, like the normal stuff. Take PCP. Right. Keep the guns in check. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, how dare you? That's rude. Yeah. Such a buzzkill. Um, so she 
like his parenting style was a bit lax not parenting yeah like he wants to share a mattress with your dad ew or with anyone really related to you that's just ugh. no so she was in an alternative high school i think she went to patrick henry high school uh but then had to be removed because she was like continuously truant and wasn't doing her work and so she went to like an art alternative uh, continuation school type thing. And the staff there told the dad that his daughter was suicidal and that he needed to get her help. Like she was. I think they meant homicidal. Yes, that would be more accurate. But I think it was just, she was so depressed and, you know, antisocial. And I mean, 1979, when you're talking about mental health issues, it had to be bad. Like, right. They didn't have any mental health help. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, they're a little bit withdrawn. Like, let's get them some counseling. That was, yeah. It clearly there was a there was a problem. But the summer before, I think she started this continuation school in the fall, before this January, if you're understanding the timeline, (laughs) like fall of 1978. You know, this happened in January 1979. So I think arrested for shooting out the windows at Cleveland school. She shot out the window BB gun and she was arrested uh, for that as well as burglary. And because of this, she was assigned a parole officer or probation officer. Is that, I don't know. So the officer told her father that after a psychological exam that December a month before, the same month he bought her a gun, said that she needed to be committed to a psychiatric hospital. Like, she needs to be committed. This is, you know. Oh, but he, would, he tried. He No, he wouldn't give the consent. The father would not give consent. And oh, said, no, my daughter's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, also, okay, so she obviously got arrested after she got her Burger King. And um, that same day, January 29th, 1979, she was arrested. And so the, they did a, a psychological test. It was a pre-trial uh, psychological test to see if she was fit for trial. And it found that she had a brain injury that resulted in damage to her frontal lobe of her brain, which is like the impulse control, you know, all that basically the CTE stuff that like football oh, players have, like the impulse gotcha. control the uh, confusion, all those things. Um, That's crazy. They did that back in '79. Yeah, uh, they didn't class enough they, to notice. Like, hey, there's something wrong here. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't. They didn't call clear, it CTE or anything, They didn't right. say. Yeah, it wasn't a concussion thing, but it was due to a, a fall when she was a child on her bike. She fell and and hurt her head, and I don't know exactly what the injuries were. It was enough for her to go to the the hospital. To like get her, but I guess they didn't do any sort of uh, continuation of looking at her brain after that. Um, I think they just did like a concussion test, and she didn't have a a big concussion, so they just left it at that. And then her parents never took her back again for any follow up or anything. Shocking! There were such good parents there. Yes, clearly. Uh, she clearly. pled guilty and was sentenced to 20 years. 20 25 years to life that's Uh, it okay listen to this two counts of murder 
one count of assault with a deadly weapon. Like, wouldn't you say that it would murder on like a thousand kids? Yeah. Or at the very least, eight assaults with a deadly weapon, like those eight children. Wow. Like two counts of murder and then eight. That's right, because she hit eight children. That's right. They just didn't die. Oh, my God. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, and she said said after, because she's still uh, to this day in in prison in California. Um, She's still alive. But she says that she uh, she had a scope and that she could pick off bunnies from so far away. So if she wanted those children dead, they would be dead. But at the same time, it's like, well, you hit them. So could I mean, you could die from getting hit in the wrong part of your arm because it hits an artery and you bleed out like you'd make a better argument if you actually didn't hit any of the children, but got so close. Like, yeah, I'm not buying that. If you, if you shoot somebody, you want to kill them. Like period. That's that's the hope that that's why you're doing it. If you're going to do it, I guess. Um, unless you're like a meme. Yeah. Unless you're like a mafia person who shoots out kneecaps, but (laughs) that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it it was very. I don't know if it was because of her age, because she was 16, but she was uh, tried as an adult, so it wasn't a minor. But so maybe they went lenient with the charges because they already knew she was gonna get a maximum sentence. I don't know. But she's been denied parole four times so far, and her next time is her next chance is September of next year in 2021. She wow. had. So there's this one one kid who got shot through the back and the bullet came out his chest and he is a uh, probation officer now uh, as an adult and he shows up to her hearings every parole Good hearing to to you know say she needs to stay in in prison well yeah but, if it is a brain injury like she's probably not going to be better well and also, I believe it's the vice, I, the principal, sorry. I believe it's the principal's mom, not mom. God damn it. I think it's the principal's wife. She also sends different video. I, I, th- she's, I think she's old enough to where she can't be traveling for the parole hearing. So she sends right. a video of her testimony, um, which they play in the court. Um, but Brenda says that she was depressed and was hoping the police would shoot her and kill her, which is also so fucking lame because she didn't even leave her house right. while she was shooting. Like if you really want to do like that, walk you into would, a police station and point a gun. Yeah. Or, or even what, what she was doing if she was outside her house, like on her lawn or something where people could see her, but she was That's doing so it outside her house. house. She, yeah, she's an idiot. Oh, I had no so, idea that was in San Diego. Yeah. Um, she also said she was on drugs and was drunk at the time of shooting. I don't know when the drug test was taken so after her arrest. That. Like, did they drug test her? Is that they true? did. They did. And she was negative for all substances except her. Uh, ep- she had epilepsy due to this brain injury. And she was on a drug that was an anti-seizure medication. Huh. That, 
obviously showed up in her drug test. PCP was not in there. And that's why I'm saying I don't know when this drug test was done. Like, I don't know how fast after uh, she's arrested that it happens. And I don't know how, I don't know what the breakdown is in the body of PCP. Like, I know cocaine is like two days. Yeah, I don't know anybody that did PCP. I don't know. (laughs) It's not one of those common right drugs. So I don't know if, you know, if they waited a day or two to drug test her, it's possible she did have something, but it just didn't show up in a drug test. I I don't know how that all works. Um, But then she said in uh, one of her parole hearings in 2001 that her father abused her. Uh, physically and sexually abused her. Her father denies this, but um, most of them do. They don't usually say, yeah, I did that. Exactly. So my two thoughts on that is the exact thing you just said. Obviously, he's going to deny it. But secondly, the parole board didn't believe her because they're like, why the fuck did you wait, you know, 30 years before you bring this up? Like, why didn't you shoot him then? Right. Yeah. Well, that doesn't. I understand why you, a sane, logical person, would say that. But most people who become suicidal or homicidal to someone never kill that person first. Uh, like, look at Ed Kemper. He killed right. so many co-ed people, and really, all he wanted to do was kill his mom. Right. So, <laughs> that's true. You know, it's that's all very, very true. I know that's so true. And then once he killed her, he was like, "Oh, I feel better now." Yeah, and he's done. Oh, cool. He didn't need to kill anymore. Right, done. Yeah, turned himself in. That's so a very, that's a very good point, Jen. Take a drink. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the parole board just didn't. They didn't believe her because they're like, why would you wait until now to to use this as your um, you know, your excuse or whatnot? And then in 2005, she was up for parole again, and she uh, uh one of the other officers who worked in her prison uh, cited her for self-harm and so he said she still can't cope with anything that upsets her in an acceptable way and the reason that he said that was because when his girlfriend when her girlfriend broke up with her in prison pried into her skin with a hot paper clip and she was quick she was quick to deny this but she denied it because she said the words were unforgiven and alone. So she didn't deny that she did it. She just said, basically, <laughs> you fucked up. Those aren't the words that I actually carved into my skin. Yeah. So, okay. um, again, I I kind of side with the the officer that, that cited her for that because she, she can't, when something unacceptable in her world happens to her, she expresses that in a way that is uh, physical whether it's to herself or to someone else, it's still very harmful. But I also, I mean, I don't want to bring up the whole fucking justice system because I'll go on for days and days, but she clearly needs some fucking help, like mentally. Yeah, absolutely. And she's not going to get it in prison. She's so been in there for like 40 like, years. Yeah. So if you don't think she is eligible for parole, you're basically throwing her away. Like you, you think at 16, you know, obviously she killed two people. That is not something you should take lightly. But if you still think she's dealing with shit in an unacceptable way, get her fucking help. Like Put her on a psych ward. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's really, you know, it speaks to our system as we're really in it for punishment and not rehabilitation. You can say that we send people to prison for rehabil, you know, rehabilitation so they can re-enter society as a, um, you know, someone who participates in a positive way into our society. But like, fuck that. They don't do that. They lock you up and they throw you away. And then that's that. And I also. How do you really feel? I know. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you know what speaks volumes to this? I fucking hated Kim Kardashian for a multitude of reasons. I can't stand her, but I just watched her show on Oxygen that's Kardashian justice something or other. And I was reading about her uh, meeting with Donald Trump and getting Cynthia Brown right prison, all this stuff. And I'm just like, God, fuck it. Like, I love her now. Like, you're, you're using your voice and your platforms to speak to serious injustices and it's not like you said you have cynthia brown that it was drug charges and then you have this chick that shot out of school injured eight children killed two people but cynthia had the same amount of time no wasn't cynthia brown the one that killed her oh uh, did she oh because he was beating her yeah yeah i'm sorry you brought her into he brought her he he sex trafficked her. That's right. I'm sorry. And I, she I, was I so young. Like, yeah, no, no, you're right, though. She she initially helped get a woman who was in prison for drug charges off. Not off. She spent like 30 years in prison. Right. A very so, long time. And she was yeah, like a grandmother. Too, much, too fucking much. Yeah. The, the amount of you're right. Social, that's who I was thinking of. You're right. Yeah. The amount of social injustice that goes on in our system is it's a fucking joke. It's a it's a pissing contest between prosecution and other, you know, DAs and whoever is prosecuting certain things to get their numbers up. Like, oh, I put this person away. Well, but what the fuck did you do for society? Like, yes, right. you closed a case, but. And then you release them and they're going to go back to the same thing because no one will hire them. Okay. Well, did you hear about the guy There's from Florida? The guy from Florida just got, uh, he, they're trying to stop COVID-19 from spreading. And so they were letting some low level nonviolent offenders out from prison. Well, he got out of fucking prison on March 18th, March 19th and murdered someone March 20th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know a reason that they can't do that. <laughs> you just ruined yeah. it for so many people. Like, oh. I don't know if he was waiting for his whole prison sentence to get out and kill this one person. Or he or just wanted to go back in. Yeah. I have no idea what what the case was, but I just I just read about it. Um, but yeah, not to get too too political about the whole no. thing but, um also to speak more to brenda i don't even remember her last name brenda spencer to speak more to her dad's character um he married a cellmate that brenda had that was released from prison he married her and then got divorced later but like nice he, family Good, yeah, good, he's good interesting. And she is, she looked so um, just like meek and mild mannered 
You know, she's like super, super skinny and uh, red hair, glasses, like. It's like you're starting to describe yourself. Hold on. (laughs) I don't wear glasses. No. And I'm not super skinny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll put some pictures. She looks like a dude. You don't, you know, you you don't look like a dude. She looks like um, a dude. I'll put on the website one of the pictures that I kept seeing, which was her mugshot in, I think, 19... 96 or something she's got a mullet yes totally got a mullet yeah i'll put that on the website it's pretty docile docile yeah she does look docile but she also looks a tad crazy and it's probably just because i know her story but she does kind of look like like eh, maybe there's a little bit of uh eileen warnos in her See, you know, that's funny. That's who I thought of when I saw the mullet shot. I was like, oh, God, is that a thing? You murder yeah. your female serial killer and you have to grow a mullet. Ugh, it had messed up teeth. Yeah. Well, Eileen Warnos did a lot of drugs, I think, which is why yeah, she, she had, she had messed a teeth. really messed up life. Like, you kind of understand her story a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, she was selling sex for cigarettes at like 12. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. yeah, her story's sad. She probably did think every man was out to rape her. I believe that. Oh, for sure. She was definitely mentally I mean, She was raped like 50 freaking times by like uncles and friends of her brother and her brother and her dad. I mean, God. Yep. yep. Poverty is very, uh, very scary. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that it does really fucked up things to your brain to make yeah. you think certain ways as an adult like then you have the mendez brothers that had everything and they just got greedy that's true well yeah. depends on who you believe i don't believe they either, that they either got greedy or were done with the sexual harassment i don't believe i mean i don't know i don't i know nothing john snow but i don't <laughs> think so that just seemed a little too convenient i also believe you but there's a part of me that is and I don't know, I don't know, too, I've never researched the case. So I don't know anything other than what's been presented, like, in, you know, societal talking or whatever. But I think one of those brothers convinced the other brother. And I don't know their names. I know one's Eric. Eric and something else. I don't know who's the older one and who's the. Eric and the other brother. Yeah. So whoever the older one like I don't know who of who but I I think one of them convinced the other one that the sexual molestation actually happened and I think that upset the one brother enough to do something about it while the other one yeah and then the other one couldn't take it back because they got too far right so I think the guilt is genuine I don't know if the I don't know if like they're remorse is genuine but something's fucked up with them like something and they were old enough that, and had money enough they could have left if that was true yeah i don't know i just well, I, I think they were just why, greedy that's why i agree with you with the greed because greedy. there are so many uh, i mean it's awful that this is true but there's so many fucking people in poverty who get who get molested or raped and they leave they yeah. don't they just they become good leave. people. But it's because there's no money at stake, right? Right. They kill their parents, then what? Like, 
or who or the the perpetrator, then what? They don't get anything out of it, so they leave. And the police so, said they knew right away. Like that's why they got arrested so fast. They weren't they weren't being that. Oh my god, I just found my parents murdered. They were just kind of oh let's have a party the next bought, day. Yeah, they bought a Lamborghini or or yeah. what? They went on a shopping spree. Like come on, you had private school education. You should be a little bit smarter than that. At the very least, pretend. Yeah. Just pretend. Take it. Don't go out and buy yourself a celebration Lamborghini. Exactly. Like, if you do that, I feel like I'm getting into some dangerous water here. Because this is when I start putting myself in the mind of the perpetrator. And I can get really (laughs) into it and say what I would do. But at the very least, like, be low key and realize I have all my whole life to spend all this money. Like. A year of mourning. Yeah, a year of mourning wouldn't. Or also, you could set yourself up with going to a psychologist because you're grieving, and then telling the psychologist, "My natural tendency to do things is to buy myself things, and I need to not do that." Then, when you go buy things, the psychologist can testify on your behalf, saying, "This is what he does in grief." I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Yeah, I told you I can get down some serious rabbit holes. In jeez, we're gonna cut this off, wrap it up. We good, we good. All right, we're gonna say the the bye, and you say ciao. I think that's what you've been saying the last like three episodes. Why is that? I don't I say don't ciao. It's like my new thing. Ciao. I don't know. Ciao. I'm such a weird person. Gonna say, well, see you guys later. Stay safe. And then we yes, can stay safe and uh, be kind to each other. It's everyone's mental health, I feel like, is hanging on by a thread. You could so make the difference all- if someone shoots somebody or doesn't. Who knows? Absolutely. You never know Absolutely. what someone else's psyche is. Very true. So on that note, yeah. we solved the world's problems. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, be kind and be safe. And I think that's what you just said. So, (laughs) but there you got it twice. So deal with it. All right. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.